You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. Just here walking around. We're gonna go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck before. I just shot a freaking big buck. Get that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. Welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. This episode is going to be another last seven days. This is going to be for the fifth week of the season. Yes, the time frame is a little off on these. They're not coming out as quickly as the ones in October uh, did, but that's just the nature of it when guys are out of town hunting and doing all this stuff and chasing our dream. But this is still a great episode with uh, Brand Travis, returning guest. He had a great rut hunt uh, down on his Indiana property. And we kind of break down that hunt and how he uh, attacked it and how he uh, he ended up being successful and shot a great buck. And, yeah, I think it's uh, it'll be a good thing for guys to listen to to kind of recap what happened to the rut and how uh, if you're in the right spot, it's it's uh, it feels like you're on top of the world and can do no wrong and you got all the bucks running around and doing that, that kind of a thing. And, I mean – you could be, you know, a couple hundred yards off and not seeing any of this stuff. So that's just how kind of how the rut goes, and that's why we love it because you just always hope that you put yourself in that position to see what Brandon got to see and do. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys liked the last couple episodes. Uh, hopefully you've le- uh, listened to the one about my uh, my buck. I believe that will be episode uh, 22 that I just uh, that I did before this uh, of my buck, my second bu- archery buck tag here in Michigan. Uh, end up getting Jake, the deer that uh, Henry named the summer, and the deer I hit the 10th of October, more like a Nick. Uh, but yeah, that's a that was a crazy story. Um, but yeah, super super happy with that. And then that kind of leads us into um, the opener of gun gun season. I believe me and Brandon recorded this the day before the on the 14th. But um, yeah, me and Henry got to go, and we had a great time. I mean. He's a trooper. I mean, he woke up early. He was super excited. I know driving up, he just kept saying how he was he was so excited. He didn't know what to do with himself. So, you know, but uh just what you want. You know, yeah, he is only seven, but he's been he's been going with me hunting since he was, you know, three years old. So 
he's uh he's got quite a bit of seat time in already but yeah this is the first time he had a gun and we were pretty lucky to have a great couple of days of hunting uh, unfortunately you know first thing uh, opening morning we had a great buck a high tight uh eight point um now with like henry like he's got no no shame what he shoots like we always say this is a good henry buck but he kind of kept saying how he just wanted to have a buck that was you know right for him and uh unfortunately for the circumstance he he did have a great you know first buck that we see um is just this great eight point he's with a doe laying in the field that as light cracks and you know we get to see quite a cool thing he bred the doe in front of us and the deer was at you know 130 I think it was like 125 or 130 yards because I had to range that spot. Um, but, yeah, we proceeded to wait, you know, probably 20, 25 minutes until he finally presented a shot for Henry because he kept running like little bucks off and stuff like that. But, you know, I Henry shot at deer target, you know, and he hits it perfect. He knows where to aim. He's always, you know, right, in the, right behind the shoulder, nice and tight, you know, pretty much a heart shot. And I did not do a good job as a parent, you know, in the moment of explaining to him how to aim high. You know, I kept telling him, make sure you aim a little high, a little high, because he's dead on at 100, you know, 180-grain bullet at, you know, 130 yards from a 350 Legend. There is some drop there. Uh, I'm primarily a rifle hunter, so, like, you know, using a 270 or 30-06, or I use a 270, 243 usually. I mean, a very flat shooting gun. But, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, make sure you aim high. And he's like, okay, dad. And I was like, yep, use that spot. There's your quartering away shot. He squeezes it off. And I mean, the you could tell he hit it, um, hit the deer. And Henry was like, oh, that felt good, dad. That felt good. And we're all excited. And he ran a little bit and stopped and just stood there. Uh, no other shot was available for probably like three or four minutes. And then finally that he comes back walking through the opening that he shot him the first time. And I was like, okay, Henry, make sure here's your shot. It's coming up. And he's good. The deer stops. And I was like, okay, aim high. And he kind of said, he's like behind the shoulder. And I was like, yep, behind the shoulder. And I, you know, he's, he's young and this is the first time we've been through anything like this. And he shoots the second time and I could see that he hit low underneath the deer that time. And the deer runs off. So at this point in time, we, you know, knew he hit the deer the first shot, unsure of how. And he, uh, we're excited, but, you know, very reserved. And he's like, dad, what we got to do? And cause he's used to seeing deer, you know, fall with a gun. So he wasn't sure, but I was like, I definitely hit him. And then we waited two hours and started tracking, and all we could find was hair on uh, where he had shot at it and a lot of white, gray hair, which, you know, most people who have done this for a long time, that's not necessarily what you want to see. That means, you know, at your exit you can have some of that hair, but with a gun you don't want to see a lot of that kind of hair. So, And no blood anywhere in the little in the field that this deer was in. So we, per, we started tracking, and unfortunately, you know, two and a half hours later uh, from – time of shot so about 30 minutes when me and henry are looking like henry's good at looking for blood so we kind of were like easing through i was in the tall grass he was on the edge of the grass in the woods and we're just checking every trail and i didn't even hear it because like i said i was in this like grassy stuff and henry's like dad big body deer just jumped up and ran away and i was like okay was it you see a rack he's like no i just it just looked like a big body not a doe body a buck body and you know a lot of people might not know but like Henry has seen a lot of deer. Like, we jump deer up when we're scouting. He's tracked quite a few deer with me. He's, you know, he's seen a lot of deer in 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 the in the wild, you know, not just video. He's, just, like I said, he's been taking along with me for years. He's bow hunted with me. He's gun hunted with me, all this stuff. So, you know, there's a little bit of reserve. Like, okay, he's, he's a kid. You know, was he right? 
Well, then a whole fiasco ensued um, because there was other deer that got shot at, and we had like kind of a crossing. We had blood trails going certain ways, so we kind of had to sort through all that. Um, it's just the you know when you have multiple people hunting the same property that's not giant, you, you get some of this sometime. But long story short, I went back to what Henry had said about jumping a deer, then it snuck away, and he said it was running really fast, Dad. I don't know if it's one I hit because it didn't run like it was you know hurt or anything. But, you know, I did my due diligence and I kind of did a loop back to that area. And sure enough, I ended up finding a, uh, a bed and just the littlest amount of blood um, in that. Um, and it was probably the size of like a Coke can base, you know, saturated leaves in the blood. And then you could see where the deer had jumped over a deadfall and there was a little bit of blood thrown across that. And then I found a couple other little droughts of blood after that. So I only had blood for, you know... 20 feet maybe and i backtracked couldn't find any more blood we I mean we had multiple people comb in this area where the deer was shot and we never did find any blood so unfortunately um you know i we did progress the track and we did our we did our due diligence looking and uh you know being that it was not a gut shot or a far back shot being that front of the body you know, we just determined it was a probably most likely a brisket shot or something like that with the white. And there was white hair in the bed, too. So it was just one of those things that was like, and Henry, you know, he he took it like a champ. He was he was like, Dad, when he we couldn't find blood, he's like, Dad, I, we should be finding blood. Um, he's like, I don't think I killed this deer because we should have blood. And then I was you know, trying to say, well, sometimes with a gun, you know, you don't get blood and do all that. So he we kept looking. But, yeah, come full circle, that deer uh, is – you know, hopefully is still alive. Thankfully we have a good relationship with some of the neighbors around. So, you know, you talk to them and, uh, so they'll keep their eyes out and that kind of thing. We still got a lot of season left, but yeah. So we went back in the blind and, you know, Henry, Henry had to, you know, face the adversity with that. And it was like, okay, we started, you know, unfortunately we saw some does and stuff like that. So like we started going through the process again and I'm like, okay, unfortunately this happened like the first thing in the morning on, on a buck. There was not a, he did not get a chance to aim at a live deer before this happened, which I was kind of under assumption we were going to have does come out and you could kind of practice and aim and do all that stuff. But no, he gets thrown right into the ringer on a nice buck. But, uh, so we, we went through the system again and I started talking to him and I said, you know, got to aim higher and you know, the scope that he's using has, you know, dashes and stuff on it. So I started looking at deer and, you know, I wanted to aim probably like two or three inches higher than what, he had aimed like more center body and a little above and, you know, started pulling up videos and of, you know, live deer staying broadside or quarter away. I said, okay, buddy, where'd you aim? And he showed me and dude, money, like perfect. If that deer was at a hundred yards, I'm confident he would have killed that deer. Uh, so we had to go through the system and I ended up, you know, saying, Hey, if we have a deer at that range again, because I kind of had thought 150 yards was the max I was going to let him shoot. So he was in the wheelhouse. I just did not account for the drop enough as the parent and his guide, you know, kind of a thing. So I, I learned. I feel pretty bad about that. But we went through the system, and he, you know, he did really good at aiming at some does and using his hashes. And then I compared, you know, looking through the scope, saying, yep, that's about, you know, two, three inches higher and did all that stuff. So it was really good. And then that night we had a great night too. You know, he had we had little bucks chasing does all over the place. Uh, obvious, uh, of course they would stop outside of his range, uh, on their own. And then when they would run in range, you know, try to grunt, stop them or whistle at them, they would stop. And right before Henry was about, we'd be all ready to shoot. Cause I didn't want him to rush a shot. That was, you know, safety off, 
after the deer stopped and you're on them safety off then go back to the trigger because i just don't want to rush it for him because he's little and right before he'd be ready to shoot they'd run away so he had a couple other little opportunities and then the second day we saw deer and saw little bucks but same thing they just kind of were too far away so no we had a great time and he ended up getting this really bad cough so he was battling that the whole time, you know, trying to cough into a jacket or a blanket or something because we have nice blinds for him to be in. You know, he's coughing and then trying to go to the gun to shoot a deer. It was it was really it was definitely some adversity he faced. So we got through it. I think we're going to be better for it. But yeah, we're looking forward to the rest of the year and hopefully get him get him an opportunity to uh, pull the trigger again. I remember when we called uh, his mom Ashley right as soon as he shot. You know, let her know because she was on her way to work and. She's like, what do you think? Would you do that again? He's like, he's like, yes. He's like, I really like the kick. <laughs> so he's, he likes shooting a gun. So that's, uh, that makes me feel good as a parent. So yeah, we're just, now it's just my part to keep him. you know, don't force him to go out there anymore than he wants to. But when he shows a desire to go hunting, I'm going to go full force with him. So we got a lot of season left. But yeah, so that's kind of a quick update, you know, to try to bring this kind of a little bit more relevant. Um, to what's going on but i know i talked about in the last episode about my the michigan wild shop so yeah if you guys want to go on there and support this that'd be awesome it's uh gonna be in the show notes the link will be in the show notes but it's just michigan wild uh michigan wild shop now i forgot i should look it up but it's it's a shop that has a bunch of hunting stuff all sorts of them and uh you can you know go through and find some things and they have you know they have pretty good uh deals on some stuff i've scrolled through a lot of it and just kind of comparing and contrasting what's out there and there's some you know there'll be times when stuff's you know cheaper there than elsewhere but this the main thing is everything you guys do end up buying through there just kind of helps the show and does that but yeah it's michiganwild.hollercommerce.com uh not michigan wild shop so michiganwild.hollercommerce.com and yeah you go there and you kind of see like a list of some of the things i've like picked out that i like on the homepage there but you can go and search and there's there's lots of things and then for the month of november you can use uh use discount uh 10 off so one zero off off that will take 10 percent off whatever you guys end up getting so i know christmas is coming up so i like to get a lot of things for christmas through for people or for myself kind of a thing so you know and go through there and check that out but yeah, if anyone's interested in maybe getting mobile hunting a little more saddle hunting there's like climbing sticks and saddles and platforms and all that stuff there's all sorts of little accessories you can get for people for you know gag gifts or white elephant gifts if you do that i always try to be the guy that throws a nice knife in the pile or some hunting related thing so it gives me something to kind of go after but yeah give that a sh- give that a shot and check out that uh website and yeah i'd appreciate it whatever you guys do helps me out so hopefully you guys have had a great you know first few weeks in november you know hopefully it's been everything you want it to be and and maybe if it hasn't been you know see what you can learn uh you know take that back and you know stock it away for years upcoming years and say hey you know i didn't have a really good you know rut hunts the this year because maybe i didn't you know access something right or the deer weren't really here like they were in october or you pull some cameras and you notice that man all the bucks are over here uh post over here on this property and just kind of try to just learn as much as you can don't let a year go by without learning to be better for the following year so thanks for supporting this show guys and i hope you enjoy this episode of brandon
All right, welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. This is going to be the last seven days, week five, and I have Brandon Travis on again. How's it going, man? Good. How's it going with you? I mean, I'm cl- I'm on cloud nine, you know, yeah. taking out in Michigan. I mean, I think the po- I just recorded a podcast by myself about the buck I shot, my second buck. So, uh, pretty it's pretty tough to beat that. And we yeah. have opening day gun season tomorrow. So, I mean, it's like it's like Christmas for me right now. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. You've had a unbelievable year so far. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you don't these you gotta kind of cherish some when that happens, you know, because it's not an everyday occurrence no. or every year occurrence. I mean, I think Michigan's getting better. Like you've said that too. Like you know, learning properties and kind of getting more opportunities. But it used to be, man, I went all year, grinded all year, bow season, gun season, late season. If I got one shot or one chance at a three and a half year old buck, I counted that as a success. So it's yep. uh, definitely feel pretty blessed getting two opportunities at good bucks. So yeah, more than two though, right? More I mean, true. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. So that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Hitting a buck, you know, missing a buck the 5th of October and then nicking this one the 10th uh and then getting a shot at them the eighth and killing them that's yeah quite a roller coaster and but i mean i think that just goes to show like having having finding a good property but then like hunting it smartly you know with with access and not over hunting it and kind of waiting because i think i think i hit so i hit this deer the 10th of october and then that property i only sat probably twice since the 8th of november i killed my other deer close by to this property but on a completely different property with different access and all that stuff so i think you just gotta kind of learn and it's taken me years to learn this it's not oh, like yeah. it was like oh surprise i know what right. i'm doing no a lot of a lot of error in that yep. way so, but hey you had some success so i kind of want to use this as an opportunity to kind of go through like the week the fifth week of the season you know typically is you know that end of october going into november uh so you get some run hunts a lot of guys go out of state and start doing that i didn't leave until the third for illinois but you had left earlier than that and you end up going to indiana correct yep yeah we left the uh i left the first of november to head down there so i i worked a couple days that weekend and then did the halloween thing with the kids and then packed up on the first to head to indiana for my uh rut hunt this year so nice yeah, it was a little abbreviated this year. Uh, normally, I spend, you know, 10-ish days down there if I can. But, you know, with bear hunting this year and everything and kids being busy, I had uh, five days. So, I was going yeah. down the first through the fifth. I was going to hunt the evening of the first and then hunt through the morning of the fifth and then head home uh, the day on the fifth. Gotcha. So, now, typically, when you do, like, the 10 days, do you always try to do, like, november 1st you're like there heading down there or does it kind of just play on the weekends or when do you like to be there for your 10 days i like to try to get down there the first couple days in november depending on how work you know work falls and everything i try to get there like the first or second um of november and hunt then through like the 10th 11th 12th depending on yeah what happens sometimes their gun season opens i think it's like the second saturday it's 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 always close to the 15th so a lot of times what i've done is i've gone down for say like six seven eight days of bow season then if i still haven't killed one i'll hunt a day or two of gun season oh nice but now is that a tag you have to buy a separate tag for the gun tag or is your one tag work for all seasons it's so you can do either or so there's uh so this year i knew i wasn't going to gun hunt so i only bought an archery tag which is just good for one deer um so essentially a buck or you can buy what they call a bundle which is for all three seasons um for archery gun muzzle loader and you get one buck and two does with it okay nice 
So in, in years past, I've done um, that bundle, but this year I knew I was only bow hunting. And actually, I think it was two or three years ago, they raised the prices quite a bit too. So um, so it was definitely uh, better this year for me to just buy the archery. Yeah, keeping all of us Michigan guys from going. If we're going to yeah, go, we got to pay I mean, for it. <laughs> they almost they almost dub, basically wow. double the price. Yeah, it's 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 getting up there, unfortunately. I mean, it... it it makes sense though. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they, they hadn't raised the prices in a long, long time on non-residents there. So, you know, it made sense. It would have been a little better on my end if they had gradually raised yes. it. You know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. And, yeah, I and, think my, my tag for Illinois, so we just did the archery tag. Uh, you get a buck and a doe and you can't, you can only use that. There's, you can't use like your bow during gun season. So like this right. tag is only good for the archery season. And I'm not sure about muzzleloader. I'm assuming it's the same for muzzleloader, but I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, it was like 465 for that. Yeah, so it's pretty pricey, you know, when you add that on top of lodging. We did an Airbnb. So, I mean, it was like 250 bucks a person. So, I mean, you got your knock on the door with fuel and, you know, we, we cooked our own meals. I don't think we didn't go out to eat at all when we were there. We all kind of like you know, team, team effort on the, on food. But I mean, you're knocking a hole in, you know, a thousand dollars pretty quick with just getting there and, you know, being there tag and stuff. And then that, you know, we end up having the lease. So you add that on. So, I mean, yeah, it, this stuff adds up quick, but uh, I think Illinois, from what I saw, the tag price might actually kind of like keep some non not as many non-residents, you know, when there's other States that are cheaper, like Missouri or, you know, Indiana, I don't know what Indiana is now, but kentucky i know isn't that much so it definitely uh it's crazy i gave all that up to come home early from michigan yeah, right. out of here. So, <laughs> you just kind of got to be in the right place at the right time but you you got there so the when we do our uh breakdown of our hunt we were there kind of the sixth week because we got you know lead into the sixth week uh november 3rd you know is when we arrived and none of us hunted until like that saturday um but yeah we we did not get any of that cool weather we got hot so you kind of were in the lead edge of that so let's kind of break down what you um what you kind of i mean obviously this property you've hunted before with family and had anyone been hunting or shot anything up until you got there yeah so let's see i think it would have been like the second second or third weekend of october so their season their opens the same as ours october 1st so it was i think the second or third weekend one of our buddies uh was down with my dad and my brother and then our other buddy had been down on and off kind of on the weekends and uh, our buddy Steve shot a nice uh, nine point down there that like second or yeah, I can't remember second or third weekend. Okay. Um, and then the guy that actually lives on the farm. So my aunt doesn't live there anymore. There's a, a guy in his family that rent uh, the house and they're able to hunt. He shot one, I think the week before we were down so he shot a nice that was a nice buck it was one yeah. we had had pictures of i sent you a picture yeah he's a good deer <laughs> it was good it was a yeah. good deer yep. yes so yeah so two and, bucks are two bucks down before yep. november yeah essentially yep. okay yep so then yeah my see my younger brother got there the day before i did so he went down halloween hunted that night and actually the that first morning of the first he got drawn on a nice buck but got busted drawn he had it come in right you know on a doe and ended up before he knew it it was at like seven yards and oh, he uh so he just started hunting with a compound again uh last year i think or two years ago we shot a crossbow for a few years and mm -hmm. um so he's still trying to figure out that getting drawn thing and he got yep. busted trying to draw and um and then the next day so we got down there that night 
Um, and as soon as we got down there, I knew we were we were hitting it pretty good. One nice. thing that one thing that um, we really noticed down there because there's always tons of scrapes, scrapes everywhere. I Man, you can walk like tree lines, field edges, and they're all over the place. And they had been hit. It seemed like the last like two three days, but like the day I got down there, um, none of them had been hit like that day, which I really noticed there that that tends to mean that they are on the does, right? That they they have lost interest in other bucks, lost interest in marking territory, mm-hmm. and the does are at least getting close, and they're starting to starting to chase, starting to get into mm-hmm. that that real heavy what people call the rut but it's Correct. the pre, the pre the rut, right yep the, the chase and the cruising um and so i i figured walking in that night that that's what was going on because those i walked by probably 15 scrapes on the, on the way in and um and only like one or two of them had been hit like that day yeah and then, that to me like i love how you brought that up because i'm a big scrape hunter like i love yeah. hunting scrapes michigan everywhere i go i'm like really focused on scrapes because probably because i that's the best way for me to get intel on deer for like sure. i have no other way to do it but the pre-rut is like <laughs> it's such a hard thing to explain to people but i you get like a trickle of a pre-rut so like october 22nd i shot my first buck he was grunting and like tending this like he was with this doe because he was the most mature buck in this area and i happened to be fortunate enough that the one doe that was probably coming in a little earlier than everyone else he yep. was with so he was mm-hmm. keeping every other deer off for her and he was in an area that had scrapes and had rubs and that would pop up every year at a certain time and i'd always miss it i gotta yep. always be just off so like i did the same thing i slipped into the spot like hopefully i'm here between but then as you like like you said as you go closer to november when the most of the pre-rut activity happens all that stuff dries up like i'll get pictures of deer on scrapes and if anything they do, they just touch the licking branch and then they're moving. Or you'll catch yep. a buck in the background because they're they're still around the scrapes, but they're not like focused on making their territory known. They're just it's right. getting chaotic. And yeah, yep. that's a good place to be when you're out of state in a spot. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like I walked in and I'm like, man, this is I'm catching it good this year. And I had an idea, you know, I got buddies that are down there, and I talked to a buddy of mine a couple of days before, and he didn't know I was coming down. We were just chatting, and he's like, man, he's like, the next three two three days it's gonna get real good down here and i was like well that's perfect because that's <laughs> down and then and then that night um it was i i don't remember on the time because so time's an hour different there and then we yes. had the time change so i don't but it was it was at least two and a half hours before uh it got dark that night i had a doe uh come out of a cornfield into i was hunting over um like there's a, a bedding i was kind of right on the corner of and then sitting over a picked bean field and a doe came out of uh, that corn across the ditch and out into the field with a nice buck right behind her. And he was he was locked down with her and she bedded down right in the middle of the field. And I watched him, you know, run two or three smaller bucks off. And That's just so cool. Oh, yeah. Just he, you know, another buck would come out downwind and start working towards them. And he'd turn and get all bristled and push him away and then turn right back around over the doe. And I mean, I watched that for probably an hour and a half out in that field. oh that's so cool yeah yep. did you and have I, a play possibly to go sneak up or too far in the middle the wide no open? it's too too wide open yeah. that's the thing down there man is it is everything is flat and open like mm-hmm. and it even that property i was on is, is hard to hunt we only usually get a few good hunts on that that small chunk because it's all open it's just mm-hmm. the small 
chunk of woods that's thick bedding, but then it's all open and it's, you know, the road, then the field, then the woods. So inevitably going in and out, you, I mean, you can do your best, but you tend to bump deer out of there. So okay. I, I knew, I knew it was a good, good night for it, but I, you know, you only get a couple good hunts in that little yeah. property. But I don't know. Do you think it's because of, so like every time I've seen a buck locked down with a doe, like it's never in thick cover. It's always in the middle of a field, like, and it's like impenetrable. And I almost wonder if it's because there's just so many deer. Like I just saw a buck locked. So that I shot my buck on the eighth, the ninth in the morning, there was probably a three-year-old buck laying in the middle of a field wide open by houses and road. And there was three other little bucks around them and they were laying right in the middle of the field. Like he's untouchable. Like yeah. you cannot get up on them. And I wonder if that's just like, I mean, if the doe like obviously is like sick of being harassed and chased and she's like, finally, I'm just going to go in the middle of this field because I'm not, I'm sick of running around in the woods. I don't really know, but like you see the videos from like other states like Missouri, I saw a buck locked down with a doe in cover. I've seen it in Illinois kind of, uh, but and in driving around, you would see like little, little patches of woods. You'll watch a doe and a buck just be in there. It's like, man, I could probably sneak up on them there. But here in Michigan, it's like, they're always in the middle of a field. You're like, yeah, there's no, I have no chance. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think the doe gets sick of being harassed and she probably figures out, I mean, you're just guessing at this point, right? Yeah. But she probably figures out that if she can get out in the field, she can lay down, yep, not get harassed and he can just run other, other deer off yeah. and can see him from a ways away. Cause yeah, I've seen both down there where they've been in thick cover and out in fields, but it seems like they tend to end up out in those fields at least yep. and, and like, we know they do that at night because i mean how many times are you driving before you hunt or on your way home you catch a buck and a doe crossing a road yep. or you know doing something so that definitely happens at nighttime but okay so first first yeah. rip you have a good hunt like yep yeah and i ended up seeing like seven seven bucks that night um two shooters i saw that that one was a nice buck and then i saw one bigger than him chase a doe across the field that was probably I don't know, about a half hour before dark, I saw him, but, um, so we had good chasing that night. And then the next day would have been the second, um, I saw bucks basically every sit, you know, um, I don't think I saw a shoot. I think I passed like a, a nice two and a half year old eight point, um, that next day. And then that, that evening, my dad actually shot one. Mm. Unfortunately, we weren't able to, weren't able to find it. It was, it was one of those things where, you know, he shot and he texted, he's like, dude, I just smoked one, like drilled it. I'm like, all right, man. And then, uh, it ran onto a neighboring property. We ended up having to get permission to track it. So he couldn't go track it till the next day. And he had good blood for, you know, 200 yards. And he said, he was, he said he shot it right behind the shoulder. Um, and it just kept going and going. And, uh, yeah, after, I think, I think good blood for like 200 yards, blood for like 300, and then just dried up and was done. And it, it, we talked about getting a dog with the guy that owned the property and didn't want us getting a dog, which was, you know, yep. completely understandable. That was my next and, question. When you said dog, yeah. I was like, how'd the property owner think about no, that? No, because yeah. my, my brother has a dog. And so my brother okay. was going to drive down and, and the guy said, no, and that's fine. I mean, it's, he's got it set up sweet for deer hunting. It's all yeah. CRP with like mode, you know, mm. pad lot stuff like and he's like no. Which, no no thank you but i don't i don't think the deer died anyways based on based on where he said he hit it i'm guessing he hit low and he's shooting a crossbow with him with a uh you know a mechanical broadhead and i think he hit something and it deflected down 
So I don't think it even made it into the chest cavity because it didn't where he hit it should have been lung blood. It wasn't lung blood. Yep. I think it, I think it hit either a rib or that scapula deflected down yep. and came brisket. I think yeah, just, buddy had a doe, a doughy hit, and he said he's like, I think I hit it really good, you know, but was talking to him a little more, looking at the arrow and stuff like that. It's like, okay, what? Let's let's slow down, think about it. And he ended up being forward and low. Yeah. So like it, yep. like the dog tracker guy was like, yeah, that's a brisket shot. Like you have good blood at first couple hundred yep. yards gone mm-hmm. and he said the deer how the deer run away and explains how the deer runs away the tracker's like yeah like we're probably not going to find this deer but we'll give it a good effort because yep. they hear this kind of stuff all the time I and mean, you have you think you have this huge area to kill a deer you know but when you break it down into moving animal and you know all these other things that your kill zone really isn't that big you know you, you get lucky but uh, there's a lot of room for error mm-hmm. and that room is at, you're an inch and a half away from being a hero you know yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. So, so that was, that was kind of that, you know, that second day. And then the third day would have been the third, right? Yep. Yep. So the third day was get, it started getting warm. It was cool in the morning uh, and the wind picked up like during the day and it was like super windy and started getting warm. Um, Still saw deer. I mean, it was, we were seeing pretty decent chasing, you know, um, couple good bucks running around but nothing too crazy that day but we knew we knew going into saturday that the which would be the fourth that it was looking good the wind was going to die down we were going to get uh the wind was going to actually switch directions uh at about nine ten o'clock in the morning which i mean i i like you know the switch in in wind direction mm-hmm. it, i mean it usually means a front right some sort of fronts coming through and any change in weather i think that time of year will We'll get at least maybe some does moving, which will get some bucks finding them and and some stuff going. So I knew I knew that Saturday was kind of gonna be like the day, right? The wind was blowing like crazy that Friday night. It got warm, so I had actually hung a stand in uh, in the summer um, back in the area that uh, we'd never hunted right there, but I've seen. Uh, a lot of deer come from there when I'm hunting another spot. And so I went back there and I hung a stand uh, in the summer. And my plan was that Friday night, I was going to go in there, get um, all my sticks up and get my camera arms and everything uh, set up and hunt that night, uh, basically setting up for the next day. I like to do that Mm -hmm. if I can with the film and stuff, because it's just, and it's, it's open hardwoods and it's like, there's like, you know, five inches of oak leaves on the, on the ground. So like you can't get in there quiet and it takes a while to get up and get everything set up. So I like to, if I can, that time you're basically hunting the night before setting up for the next day. So that was kind of what I did that day. And I think that night I saw, I saw like five or six does, nothing crazy, but um, I did, the does I did see were by themselves, right? Mm. I was seeing, I was seeing, I saw a couple mature does that were by themselves and I saw uh, fawns that had been, you know, kicked away from yep. from their mom. So I, you know, I knew that that's always a good sign when when you start seeing the doughs breaking yep. up. And so, so you saw enough that night to be like, "Yep, I'm coming back in the morning." Yeah, for sure. Yep, it was supposed to be cool that next morning. The wind was supposed to die down, and yeah, I saw enough does in there. And and our buck to doe ratio down there is a lot different than Michigan. If you see if you see five, six, seven does and a night i mean that's a good amount of dose you okay. know we we don't have a ton of deer the deer density is not like it is in michigan 
um, there's less deer um, and the buck to doe ratio is a little you know closer to to what it should be so yeah if you're seeing does it's at that time of year it's just a matter of time before something comes looking for them yeah so and then like you said that wind switch gets them moving so yeah the bucks are have more areas they can check does are going from one section to the next section and you all you need is for a buck to either chase a deer that way or come across one of those doe trails and start yep. dogging them mm-hmm. so I, i'm the same way like every time i can hunt on the switch or if i'm in a tree and the wind switch happens while i'm in the tree it's like oh yeah like now it's time for them to get up they might not feel good in the bed they're in or they might want to be like hey we're gonna go hit this food source we haven't hit in a while because the winds we feel safe going towards it you know all those things are just and then the 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 sugar on top is the the front that usually follows that so even before a warm front or after a cold (laughs) front or before you know there's sometimes you can have good luck before the warm front um because my buddy he got down there a few weeks early in illinois and he had some pretty good hunts the first two days before it started getting really hot and i think it was just because he was hitting it right before that came through so so then so like my question is you kind of say it's like this open woods uh illinois was the same way like gobs of leaves dry so it was like impossible to be slow and you know meticulous going through so what made you like the spot did it like butt up against something that you liked or was it like an inside corner or what what was like hey this is a good spot even though it was like open hardwoods so it pinches down there's okay. uh there's a corn uh, cut cornfield on the one side a cut cornfield on the other there's a big section of woods big section of woods and they there's a ditch that um, runs into there too and everything pinches down through nice. there so yeah i mean everything everything that is going from the woods to the woods checking the fields checking the ditch i mean everything's kind of got to go through there so nice. it pinches right down. your classic rut funnel oh for what sure. that was like nice yep, absolutely mm-hmm. so like going into this what what was the wind so like you could have a great rut funnel like everyone talks about like you have to also be smart how you get there and what your wind's kind of doing in it where you like was it below you, above you? Like, how are you kind of playing the thermals or like catching a buck cruise? No, no thermals. No, no thermals. No, it's no, too no. flat, right? It's flat, man. I yeah. mean, there are, you still have your thermals, right? You're still, but nothing like that will dictate. Nope. Okay. Sweet. No, it's, it's flatter than flat. So your access um, is probably the most important then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, coming, basically coming from the, coming through the big section of open woods, right? And then mm-hmm. coming from it'd be the south into that pinch. Nice. And my my wind was blowing would have been from like the west so kind of a parallel and i guess where, Perfect. They, where yep. they would be coming through so so you so the deer would feel safe going through that pinch yeah. because they had yep. the wind but you were below them or yep. you know south of it i yep. love it that's yeah. that dude mm-hmm. when you're sitting in a spot like that it's your confidence is so high because you're like man the chances of a deer coming from downwind are very slim and yep. anything that moves through here is going to feel safe so you just feel good and, and that i mean in that spot it is just that area is just cruising man the bucks always are cruising through there it's oh, it's nice. like like this deer i don't think i don't think i had the one i ended up shooting uh, we might have had one or two pictures of him like but he's just a stranger buck just yeah. just cruising through man and we saw yeah so that next morning last um, last day right it would have been second to last. I was second playing last. on okay. the Sunday morning if I needed to. But okay. that morning we kind of had. Uh, Which would be November 4th. 4th. Yeah, November 4th. Yep. 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 So my younger brother was like on the other side of the pinch, uh, kind of off on like an inside corner on the uh, field. 
where the woods opens up on the other side. And then my other buddy was further to the south of me in the woods. And um, it was wild. It was one of those mornings that you just like wait for all year, man. We had like, it, it was like, as it started to get light, there were does in the woods coming in off the fields. And it's like, all right, man, here we go. And it was probably about like nine o'clock. It just blew up just deer running all over grunting we had uh we had one actually one deer that we'd been getting pictures of um it was a nice 10 point but he was uh busted off one of his antlers was completely busted off he had a doe locked down between uh, a couple people i was hunting with and he was running bucks off and they were just just all over the place man that morning i love it oh my gosh it was so fun yeah, because like, y'all you're all texting each other oh, like, yeah, oh man, yeah. you're going. Oh, you got yeah. the group check. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's like here they come. They're coming your way, and man, sure enough, they they come flying through. And actually, um, my buddy Josh that was with us that morning had it was three or four bucks chasing a doe, um, came flying past Jeez. him, and it was funny, man. I'm sitting there, and I was probably 200 yards from him, and uh, all of a sudden I hear, hey, hey. Yelling, he, he had deer, big buck chasing the doe past me. Trying to get him to stop. stop and it didn't. <laughs> you can hear him. Blew oh, through. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And like like two minutes later, they ran, you know, 60 yards behind me and they ended up running over past my brother. Like they were oh, just my goodness. all over the place. So, like you said, just the the classic chasing of oh, the yeah. Like they're, they're oh. going. They're not locked down yet. Maybe nope. a few bucks are, but you, the majority of them are seeking hard yep. and you're just, yeah. you're in a perfect spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so great. So, yeah, so then they, I mean, they, but it started to get, it was probably like 10, 11 o'clock. It started to get warm Mm -hmm. and um, we ended up, uh, so my brother had like two or three bucks in a doe or two bed within like 40 yards of him. I had three does uh, bed like 40 yards from me. Then they kind of, things kind of settled down. Um, But we were, you know, we were set up to hunt all day. So we just stayed out and, uh, unfortunately the so it was i figured i told myself if it got to be like noon one o'clock and the does that uh were bedded under me hadn't moved i was gonna try to at least get a snack out and get you know sneak my coffee out because they were like you know 40 yards i was like "Eh, if they get comfortable i might be able to be able to you know so it was like about noon they got up started milling around i was like all right they're gonna you know move on and they started eating some acorns that's the thing and there's acorns everywhere and so they started eating acorns and then got closer and closer they ended up bedding down back down at like 15 yards from me <laughs> so at that point i was stuck so i sat there it ended up being like seven hours i had oh geez added within like 20 yards of me so yeah so i sat there and we we saw a couple bucks cruising um like during the day but nothing nothing big most of the deer were bedded down like i said it yeah. got it got pretty warm it was like 62 64 somewhere in there uh in the afternoon so i think i think had it stayed cool had it been in you know the 40s i think we would have seen yeah, all day all, all day but it just mm-hmm. got it got warm so they bedded down um and then let's see and then well, actually, the deer that were bedded under my younger brother, um, he was pretty close. He was probably like 50, 60 yards off of the property line. And the guy behind him ended up walking his dog along the property line and kicked those deer up. And they ran through past me. And that kind of got everything going again. That was yep. probably two, three hours before dark. They 
they got up and they ran past me. They ran over to my buddy Josh, um, and he ended up shooting uh, shooting one of the bucks. He should. He ended up. Uh, he was the one that he was the guy that was sitting like a couple hundred yards from me. So yeah, he shot shot one, um, and he ended up he hit it. And, yeah, let's talk about this a little yeah. bit because this is worth noting. So he shoots yeah. this buck, you know, gets spooked up by someone else. Yeah. Kind of chaos ensues. Mm-hmm. He gets a shot in this deer. And yeah, it kind of gets yeah. a little Western after that. Yeah. So he shot it. He made I mean, a good shot on it. It was like 30, 36, 37 yards, which, you know, in, in that situation, especially is a, is a poke. You know, you're mm-hmm. in the, the, the deer wound up. And so he shot it. It ran about 80 yards back behind him to the to a fence line. And it couldn't get over the fence and it fell down. But it kept kept trying to get back up like kept trying to get back up and get over this fence and was just just kept going and he i mean he said he drilled it so he called me actually and was like what you know what should i do <laughs> and i'm like well i mean and and i can kind of see i could see one of the other deer that it was with but i couldn't see the deer and he's like he, he he's like he keeps trying to get back up and he's like dude i drilled him and i'm yeah. like well i'm like if you know if you can get down and sneak over there you might as well try to get another arrow with him you know i mean it's it's one of those things that you risk bumping them and you know pushing them away but if if he's all rutted up if you, i mean you don't want him you don't want him going you know what i mean so i he was able to climb down and sneak over and uh, walk up to him and get another arrow in him and ended up uh, putting him down but uh i sent you the picture it dude yeah the first shot was right through that deer's heart right through it i right couldn't through it. <laughs> I would, so I had the similar thing happen with my second buck. We talked about this. Like I, you know, the podcast will either drop right after this or before this one, but yeah, 14 yard shot. I was like heart shot him. And then he runs off and does the same kind of thing. Like lays down, head keeps going on the ground, picks his head up. And I end up sneaking up on him. And then he gets up on his own, like 35, 40 minutes after I shoot him. Cause I had no shot while he was laying there. And I send another one at him and he blows at me and runs. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't hit him good. Well, fast forward next morning, found him with the dog, went 300 yards from where I shot him to where he was, we found him dead was 300 yards. And I sliced a whole, my blade did a slice through his whole heart and both lungs had broadhead. Three blade broadhead went through both lungs and sliced his heart and he lived that long. So he was alive at least an hour almost after I shot him. Yeah. You know? And that Josh picture you showed was, me, it was like, yeah. dude, that was money. I know. Like you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't shoot a deer better. And no. it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was probably 45 minutes after he shot yeah. the first time when he shot it the second time it's just amazing when they're rut, rutting mm-hmm. like that what they'll do and how far they'll go and like you said too like like let's say you think you smoke a deer thankfully there was a fence there because I mean, yeah. he would have that's probably what you know that's what hung him up or he couldn't yep. jump but like yep. you get down you track a deer you bump that deer they can cover 100 yards in no time even oh, yeah. half dead or dying you know yep. so that's why it's so important to wait because like yep. for me if i would have like oh i smoked that deer thankfully i saw him you know i always wait 45 minutes to an hour before i track yep. the minimum or at least look for blood or look for the arrow but like yeah if i would have got down right away all pumped up like i said it looked like a heart shot and it was and i kept bumping that deer he could have covered a mile before he died easy mm-hmm. you know 45 minutes they can yep. even if they're not even moving that good they can still cover some ground so yeah that's crazy so you have one buck down so it's like yep. you had a chaotic morning you guys are all sitting all day grinding out he ends up getting yep. his deer which was an awesome buck so you're feeling you're feeling pretty good yeah and actually it, it worked out for me too because when he went down and snuck over to shoot that uh deer he 
there was another smaller buck with him and he ran past me and he took the uh does that were bedded under me with them so they didn't spook okay. from josh they just the deer ran past them and they just were like well chaos. okay yeah so they <laughs> took off too so i was able to stand up stretch my legs get uh get get a drink of coffee and you know have a little snack at you know four o'clock in the afternoon finally <laughs> it was probably tasted really good oh too. yeah it was, it was real nice uh-huh. so some people might be thinking like well why didn't you just like just who cares if you spook the does I mean, you can tell me what you think, but like I, from what I've seen in Illinois, my dad had a doe laid down by him one day and she laid there for probably, I don't know how long he said, but he, throughout the rest of his all day sit, he saw seven bucks come check that bed that that doe was laying Mm -hmm. in. So we're assuming she was just in a spot where her scent was kind of just hanging out and every buck that came within eyesight of him you like got downwind of where she was bedding and it was like on a line right to that bed and checked it so you know having those does hanging out and just leaving their scent in the area is never a bad thing in the road no it's not man that's the i i tend to hunt in a way that i try to like cause the least amount of commotion as i can right like i want to get in there i want to be quiet i don't i don't do a ton of calling i don't use a ton of like sense i just like i i'm super picky about my uh scent regimen you know, I try mm-hmm. to not stink and I try to be quiet and I try to get in there where they want to be and not spook deer. So if I, you know, if I have does bedded underneath me, I'm going to do everything I can to not for spook seven hours. Nah. Yeah, for <laughs> seven hours. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So, yeah. So then, so they, they got, you know, they took off and I got up, stretched my legs and uh, ended up, um, you know, getting some food and then not long after that i had uh, another buck and that was actually when we had a bunch of pictures of um come cruising through probably like 60 yards this actually this spot the stand i hung um sometime between when i hung it and when i went in there and hunted it a big oak tree next to it had fallen and so um it kind of it was almost the way it fell it was almost pushing a lot of the deer uh like out past about 60 yards kind of behind me um so he cruised through down there um and you know, i tried grunting at him I'll, I'll grunt like if i see deer i don't do a whole yep, lot of blind same. calling but um if i if i see a deer I'll, I'll you know try to grunt at him maybe rattle try to get his attention mm-hmm. uh, he, he didn't care right he's like he's like i don't care if another buck's over there or not i know what i'm for and you're not it right yeah so, <laughs> so yeah he he didn't even didn't even stop didn't didn't care kept cruising right on through um, and he, he was a nice deer. He's actually bigger uh, in person than he looked in in the pictures. He um, he's a nice nice buck. Um, so yeah, I so love he, that. Uh, I, dude, was, something about when you see a deer, you think you know him, and then when you see him for the first time, yeah. you're like, whoa! I way yeah. misjudged him. Yep. Yeah, and that just a, gets you fired up. You're like, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he was a tank of a deer, man. Big old body on him. He's just one of those deer that you see in pictures, and you're like, oh, you know, that's a nice buck. And then he's coming through. Holy cow, man! That thing is. It's like a horse and he's got i mean yep. got nice tall rack is g the one g2 on the one side was probably 13 12 13 inches Ooh, it was, yes. yeah it was nice he's <laughs> and he's he's real distinct he's got like a crab claw on the one side you know it's a so it's a buck you guys keep like, tabs on. yeah yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And so i was like holy cow man i i definitely would shoot that thing but <laughs> he ended up yeah he didn't he didn't care about me so he uh he cruised through and then um and then maybe like a half hour later i had a, a doe uh, come 
threw along the fence, uh, feeding on acorns. Just it, and actually, I think it was a fawn. It was a small, you know, small young doe came through and was just feeding on acorns, hanging out. And man, all all day there are just squirrels in there like crazy. And in those leaves, it's just like it's a constant racket. And it's like I feel like I spent all day just looking without oh, squirrel. Hear something, look up, squirrel. So I'm sitting there watching this doe feed, and I hear something kind of behind me off to my right, and I'm like, dang, squirrel again. And I turn and I look, and he's at like 80 yards coming right at me. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, he uh, he had come, uh, and with the wind switching, basically, um, the the wind had switched to where he was right downwind of that, that where that doe was at. So mm-hmm. she was she was feeding out kind of in front of me. And he he had cruised through just like the rest of the deer had, but um, she was standing there and he must have seen her and smelled something. And uh, yeah, so he turned and he was coming, coming right, right towards her. And it was nice because he was distracted. He was paying attention to her because I was not ready. Right. Like I'm standing there just relaxed, filming her. I got my belt hanging up and I look <laughs> and he's coming right at me at like 60, 80 yards. Oh, jeez. And um, yeah, so he, he started walking through and were you like instant like shooter when you first oh, saw yeah. him coming yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. and and yeah and we'll talk about him a little more um he's not gonna score a ton but i saw he's got the frame on him i was like as soon as i saw him i'm like well Dude, i know i'm shooting him it's like, like I'm you going see home, a deer you see deer come through the woods yeah you yeah. see deer come through the woods with a frame like that like you're shooting yeah. him. <laughs> i'm like yep i'm shooting him so <laughs> he's walking through and i've got like one opening uh it probably like 20 yards where he's coming through a lot of my shots are over kind of where that doe was at so i i i knew he'd eventually get over there so i i was filming him walking through and then um he got kind of out into that opening and he was like 18 yards is what i ended up figuring but i knew he was inside of 20 yards and uh so i drew i got the camera on him i drew and as soon as I drew, he started to trot after that doe. Like he got close enough where he like started to trot and was like after her. So I, you know, I had to stop him. I, ah! <laughs> you know, he stopped and looked right at me. And when he stopped, I had one sapling that was like right on that back edge of his shoulder. Right. So it was like, it wasn't where I wanted to shoot him but it was like close to where it was there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in my head, I was like, dang. And then I told myself, I'm like, well, that's not where you want to shoot anyways. Right. That's two inches in front of where you want to shoot anyways. So, you know, he's at 18 yards. You can miss that. So I just went a couple inches back from that and let it rip, man. And, um, and just, I just drilled him and, and, but it was, dude, it was wild. So he trot, you know, trotted, ran for about 20 yards and then just started walking just walking it's his tail was flicking he looked a little wobbly but he was just walking slow walking and i'm like what the heck i kept waiting for him to go down kept waiting for him to go down and he he didn't fall down and i was like my goodness and then you know i'm replaying all the things that all the doubt the week right like my dad had shot that deer and mm-hmm. thought he drew it and didn't and i'm going i'm going what did i like did i screw this up like I had him at 18 yards. Like, did I mess this up? And so he ended up walking through, kind of made like a circle around. I walked through a lane at like 45 yards and I grabbed another arrow. I was like, well, I'm going to shoot him again. Right. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, he's got to, he's got to be dead on his feet, but he was still, still looking like he was moving pretty well. Um, 
so I drew, but as I drew, he stepped out of that lane and, and walked off where I couldn't, uh, couldn't shoot him anymore. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then five minutes later, you know, I, so I texted everybody. I'm like, I just, you know, I just shot one. And five minutes after that, my dad texts me and he's like, Hey, uh, nice buck just came from your way, chasing a doe out into the field. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, hey, he said it looked like a nice big, you know, big yeah. eight point. And I'm like, no way. That's what I shot. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I shot, man. I'm oh. like, no, no way. So I'm just, I'm in like, I should be pumped, right? Because yeah. I just drilled a nice buck. And I, but in my head, I'm just like, this is, there's no way. Like, this is crazy. So I sat there for a while and, you know, just contemplated my life. And it was like, I like, it's one of those things. It's like, man, he's got to be dead. But then I'm like, I can't believe I screwed this up. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe I screwed this up. Dude, same thing went through my head, my buck. I'm yeah. like, you know, you, your gut is like great shot. But then you yeah. hear like all the times you've lost a deer in the past. Like, so, you know, I think some of the times when I've lost deer in the past, like I'm like, oh, I made a great shot. But like, I'm telling myself I made a great shot. Yeah. There's a difference between telling yourself you made a great shot, like knowing you made a great yep. shot. Like, and even though, you know, we've all seen the pictures of a deer with a hole in its ribs and like watching video of people hitting mm-hmm. deer, like that thing should be dead. They never find them or the next year they f- see them on trail camera. So like, yeah. you have all this doubt. Yeah. And yeah, when you smoke a deer at 18 yards, you do not expect them to just walk away. <laughs> no. And like, and, and I always tell people, it's like your first instinct is typically true like if you're able to be honest with yourself right yes honest. if you if you mm-hmm. if you honestly felt you drilled them typically you did if your first reaction is to go oh no that's typically you know the case mm-hmm. right yeah and my and my first reaction was like he's done right yeah. I, I heart i felt like a heart shot him I'm like, mm-hmm. so so all that's going through my head and i'd sit there and starting to get dark so um, packed all my stuff up, climbed down, you know, I'm the same way. I try to take my time, right? My first, first thing I always want to do is go check it out. But I try to try to sit there, try to calm down, try to think through and just, just wait. Because if, if they're, if he walked off and tipped over dead, just out of sight, he's going to be dead. If he didn't, right. And it, the, you're going to push him. So if he's dead, he's not going to get any more dead. He's not going to come back to life. Like you're better off just waiting. Yep. So, so I got down and then, and I, it was about an hour after I shot him. Uh, I went over and checked my, where my arrow was. Cause it, you know, passed through, it was, it was in the dirt and, um, the arrow looked good. I mean, there was, there was blood on the arrow. Uh, but I looked right around the area where I shot him and there was no blood. There was just hair. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh my goodness. So I walked back, I grabbed my flashlight out of my backpack, threw my backpack on and walked over and shined in the direction he went and there was a blood trail i mean three feet wide okay like, so you went from oh, like oh yeah. my gosh there's nothing yeah. to and i saw that high like, anxiety like, tells like, okay i'm like okay Whew. i'm like okay that that's good i'm like that's good and and so i'm like well uh like i'm like oh, i'll just you know walk and see you know i, I knew where he kind of crossed in that lane i almost shot him again and i'm like i walk up there and see see what it looks like and there was a, a blood trail three feet wide that you I mean, you could jog and follow it that, and I'm like, there's, I'm like this, there's, dead. there's no way. This yes. I'm like, so the emotions like, are going back up. Oh, man, like we're, we're going up, back, back up. up. Yep, yeah. Yep. Back up. There's still that little bit of doubt in my mind because I've seen good blood trails that 
you know peter out but mm-hmm. i'm not like this this is one of those ones that it's like i mean it's it's spray, it's spraying both sides out i mean yep. I'm, I'm like oh thank goodness man <laughs> i'm like and so yeah so i just i at that point i'm like there's no there's no way if he's still alive if he's alive i can i can at least sneak up on him and yeah you'll be able to sneak up on him at this point yeah yep so I followed the blood trail for about uh, about 100 yards, and he was laying there dead in the doornail. He so did he have. tip over, you think, or did he lay down, or what? What it looked, like, it looked like he uh, tipped over. So, yeah, like, the, I will, how do you not hear that? You can hear a squirrel 100 yards away, but then sometimes uh-huh. you just cannot hear that. Nope. I and he was in my he, mind. He was in a little bit, so there, he was in just a little bit of, a, like, a bowl. It was almost like he went up, it, and there's no, I mean, it's, a, I say a bowl, it's probably, like, a two-foot depression. Yeah, right? a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, and it was, like, full of leaves, and it was softer. So I think he kind of went up over the rim of that and just fell kind of over. In, in, over into that. Yep. And was laying oh, there. Gosh, laying and you're there just dead. like, And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was nice. He was dead, like, 50, 60 yards from where Josh's buck died. So, like, oh, they were, dang. yeah, so... So yeah, so they were close to each other, and yeah, and I was, dude, I was pumped. I was like, "What a rut hunt!" Oh, like you, oh you guys gosh. are in the zone. Like yeah. you know, that was the like that's what you, you always hear people say that if you're where they are, it's gonna be the greatest week of or day of hunting. But if you're not there, you're just like, "There's no deer in here." I mean, if you're yep. sitting, you know, a quarter mile from there, you might not have seen any of this movement. No, no, it, it doesn't mean the deer are only moving that like whatever that little section you guys are in. They're moving all over, but. Yeah. You're just in the line of travel. Yep. And that, what a, what a, what a good spot to be in, man. I do that. I mean, in that area is just like the first week in November, there's like nowhere else I'd rather be but that yeah. spot because it's just everything happens right there. It's yeah. like you could sit in there the, the whole month of October and maybe see, you know, a, a mm-hmm. decent buck here or there. But like that first week in November when that cruising and chasing is happening, man, they're always always deer going that's why you want to be a bow hunter right there oh man (laughs) it makes it worth it (laughs) there's nothing better man so okay you find this deer you go over this roller coaster emotion which i mean i've been there like i get it i was there last week so yeah but like it's almost like you get rebuilt up so like you see deer go down you're just losing it in the stand you know then you walk up to it and you're you're excited but you're not but there's something like that when you're like man i don't know i don't know then all of a sudden boom there they are you just can't control yourself you're just like oh like i mean so many air fist bumps have happened i mean doing that so i mean that's such a cool feeling to get that yeah but tell us about this deer a little bit then because you know he's got a good frame you said that already. yeah yep so he's uh I think I didn't, I didn't put a tape to him. I didn't measure him. Like I say, he's not going to score the best. He's not going to be the best scoring deer I've ever shot, but he was, he's probably a, about 18 inches on the inside. So probably, you know, right around somewhere between, I would say 17 and a half and 19 inches on the inside. Yep. Um, he's got uh, like probably nine, nine, 10 inch G2s, six, seven inch G3s. Um, but just a, a, not, not a ton of mass. And he actually, he doesn't, didn't have brow tines. Like, yeah, I know he's got like, he no like brow tines, dude, like an inch, like yeah. an inch, <laughs> inch brow tines. And I'm like that, well, that kills the score right there. Yeah. Right? But uh, I mean, yeah, he's hurts, still but... in the one twenties as a six yeah. weight. Yeah. I think, you so. know, like with no brow, yeah. t- like maybe yeah. if he had like good brows, like normal, yeah. like five or four inch brow tines, I'd be like, yeah, you shot a 130 inch eight yeah, pointer, which dude, those are good deer. Like yep. mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. Especially so, on a rut hunt like that, where 
comes trotting through like they cover that ground quick like when yeah. they're it's not like oh there's a deer over there it's like no they're moving no. oh and yeah you see that frame coming through yep. yeah it's, i just put yep. myself in your shoes and like dude you can't ask for much more than that no yep and it was yeah it was he's, he's a he's a great buck man it's just, yeah. just big frame on him and i mean i looked back at the video again and it's just watching him come through the woods it's just a this looks freaking sweet so you got the <laughs> shot on camera and everything good? oh well how that that's always my question now that i try to so, self film yeah. thing. i suck at it so so unfortunately when he when he, when he started to trot and yes. i stop him he literally took one step out of the frame so dude. it dude it's something we'll be able to use it but mm. like it's like he was in the frame perfect when i yep. drew and then of course he started to trot i stopped him and he was like literally like you know one two steps out of the frame well like so. that's the like i don't understand how people can do it so well self-filming like that because you literally yeah. have like little you get, from the point you leave the camera to get your bow to make your shot sequence happen so much goes on in like yeah. that like couple seconds so from every time i see it like a crisp self-film thing i'm just like dude yeah. and i'm not talking like mac zoom you know or yeah. like a gopro yep. zoom mm. talking like when you try to get the good footage it is yeah. man dude and that's hard. a lot a lot of those hunts happen over food plots or in places yes and bait where you've got the time right where where i'm on man i've had it happen in there a couple of times it's just like they are moving through so fast it's just mm -hmm. hard to happen so i had a i had a camera up over my shoulder that got you know at least me shooting it and oh I sweet video, i see i like video those, of man. me videoing it coming in and you can yep. see walking in and so it'll make for a cool video and it'll be sweet because josh shot his and he got his whole thing on video too sweet. so it'll make for a good good episode it'll be a cool hunt so sweet so what do you have so like now we're day before opening the gun season you got your yeah. buck in indiana what is kind of looking like for the next like week or so for you like you gonna do some gun hunting up north or what's your plan yep gun hunting up north man i'm going up uh leaving us basically as soon as we're done with this i'm heading north for uh the next few days and going up to deer camp nice. with people and my grandpa and my dad my brothers and gonna um so i know last time we talked about that uh that big buck that we had on camera up there um my uncle ended up shooting him so yes, I, he did. I, could, I could talk a little bit about him now he was uh like 18 and a half on the inside had like 12 inch v2s and had two drop times he was double so drop sweet <laughs> yeah one one that was like five six inches and one that was like three or four inches on mm -hmm. the other side and yeah he ended up killing him with a bow unfortunately a couple points were busted off but dude it was so crazy. that was like a was that middle late october like that was in the 20s late, of october yeah, right? late yep late october late mm -hmm. october yep, yeah yep. so same yep. that same kind of thing like we talked about i think the first time how you like attack the food plots early season <laughs> yeah. and then yep. you kind of kind of lay off until that later october yep. before you go back in there so yep yeah and he shot him in one of our in one of our food plots sweet so yeah yep our one of our sweet. uh It'd be a, like a, it's a Michigan mix from uh, Michigan whitetail food plots. It's got yep. like rye and radishes and all that stuff. And yeah, he shot them in so that sweet. food plot. So, so yeah. did you, how old did you think that deer was? That was one you had before or was that a new one that showed up? Uh, we don't, I don't know if we had them or not. We never had. That's the one you said you that. weren't sure about. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Nothing that I could find that, uh, that seemed like it was him. We mm -hmm. didn't. Never had anything with drop tines, never had anything. He had his brow tines were a little like crooked, a little uh like off. Yeah. Have anything that was like that that we could find either. So um Well that's just a I, testament to your guys' work for yeah. habitat, you know, like yeah. you're pulling you I think that's there's that's why a lot of guys like to do it. It's worth an investment because not only do you have good stuff for the deer you have, but you can 
you draw in other deer and then look you got a great opportunity your uncle shot yeah like for northern for northern michigan dude yes yeah yeah yep and also the taxidermist uh figured he was five and a half so i knew knew he was at least four and a half i mean yeah dude the picture is no doubt like you're like yeah that's a mature deer so yeah he figured him at five and a half which and he was busted up so so you guys have had a good year i mean you got i've known i've been kind of seeing some stuff on social media with through vital shot and you guys Mm -hmm. some guys have been putting down some nice bucks so yeah we've we've killed some nice deer this year it was slow to start we had a couple youth hunts and then usually we kill a handful of them early october and it was slow but um yeah the end of end of october and the end of the first week of november we've we've put down some nice bucks so sweet yeah yep. so next year we're gonna have some good stuff to look at yep. next year starting in july it'll be on start yep. airing on tv and yep and then soon after that in like september it'll start being on youtube, YouTube. so right now yep yeah where are you guys at right now with some of your stuff Right now we're about halfway so the youtube is about halfway through our hunts from last year so okay. we're every thursday at seven we release new video and we're about halfway through last season and then um where uh, the pursuit channel started i think the first week of october so i think saturday is at like three o'clock in the afternoon we're on the pursuit channel and then our michigan uh our wlla and then our northern michigan fox stuff is starting to kind of wrap up uh this season there and then yeah and then we'll put some turkey hunts on youtube in the spring once the once last season wraps up there and then we'll be right back into, into July from this year so yeah i'll have probably my turkey hunt from this year will be on uh youtube in the spring and then my bear hunt and then this deer hunt will be on next season so, so are you an all-day sitter for gun hunting typically yeah yep yeah, typically too. typically the first it's at least the first day for sure yep mm-hmm. um what do you bring to so, eat Oh man, uh, I <laughs> I I'd bring coffee. Like I gotta have coffee, right? Usually coffee, and I'll bring like a, a Red Bull or something for the afternoon, and then yep. usually some bars. And then a lot of people laugh at me. My brother and I, uh, he will usually bring a block of cheese, like a big giant okay. block of cheese, and just like <laughs> just gnaw on that throughout the day. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Oh, that's yeah, great. So we went uh, a few years ago. We went with a bunch of guys down to Illinois on a hunt, and uh, Josh brought brought a bunch of blocks of cheese for us to eat in the tree because we were doing all bits and that's like it just that's a good good. (laughs) idea though because you can kind of like it's easy to get out and you know store and that kind of stuff and yeah take a big old chunk of cheese and you're pretty you're pretty good for a little bit exactly Mm -hmm. yeah so (laughs) don't even like have beef jerky or anything to mix with it you're just like straight Uh, cheese sometimes but but, you know i'm weird beef jerky stinks man beef jerky's got that it does like i I try to it's like I said I'm weird I'm weird about the smell thing and I try to keep that to a minimum hey that's so like that's what keeps you confident in a tree you know and I think whoever whatever that may be for the individual if you're there if you're sitting there confident it's you can make that seven hour sit with a doe in front of you you know what I mean like does Mm -hmm. in front of you then you come through and make that shot you know I mean that's how I was in Illinois just like I never really got to the point where I was like super confident so instead of just burning time you know and weather there's a lot of other things that go into you know knowing that yeah. 83 degrees that you're in early move midday so i mean i just start scouting and the amount yeah. of stuff i learned in those few days of walking is going to be something that i can just take with me wherever I'm, if i ever hunt another state or any other area that has terrain like that i'll know where to go so i'm just That's learning yep. and get confident mm-hmm. you know doing that kind of yep. stuff so i go a little more hard on the snacks though for my yeah. own we yeah. have uh we have nice built blinds and 
we got a little stove in there. So me and Henry, oh, yeah. we, we do like mac and cheese and nice. you know, all that. Uh-huh. So, but we sit yeah. all day. So he's hopefully he gets one. He's yeah, like I, I cool, said man. on the podcast, he yep. shot shot the gun great, and yep. we uh, we're leaving tonight. He's got parent. We got parent teacher conferences tonight, and once that's done, okay. we're, we're bombing north. So nice. I think it'll be. It's. I think the first day or two will be okay. It looks like we got a little bit of heat coming in, but yeah, I think that week of Thanksgiving. I like yeah. what I'm seeing for that. So, yep. Yeah. I'll be, so I'll be hunting, I think, the next two days, two, three days up north. I got to come back. I got to work a day. And then, um, and then for the weekend, I'm bringing my kids up and taking, nice. that's kind of going to be the, the plan is take the kids out. And I'll be over by in laws and they've got big, you know, blinds and yep. eaters. And so, yeah, that'll be about all about the snacks. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> Your backpack's full. Yep. You're going to have camera gear in one bag and snacks. Yep. No, I, I make them carry their own snacks. I, oh, I yeah. Them, that's right. Uh huh. I bring I bring the gear and I give them a backpack and throw all the snacks and them at least yeah. do a little bit of the work. <laughs> yep. Nice. What what kind of a gun do you have your kids use? What caliber? Uh so I had a two forty three. Um and my girls each shot a deer or two with that. And I man, they killed them, but um the blood trails were like yeah, non existent with those. So uh I've got a thirty thirty uh lever action 3030 that one of my daughters is going to use and then my wife's uncle actually has a um a bolt action uh 30-06 with a break on it so it nice. does and he yeah, had the stock cut down and it's got a break on it so the recoil is like non-existent nice it's them well so he lets me use that um uh when his daughter's not hunting with it so perfect yeah, i know what we're running right now and yeah the 243 is a great round for killing deer yeah well, you have to be a good shot and yep. and typically where we rifle hunt there's fields around we do a lot of field edge sitting with a mm-hmm. gun just because we have lots of people on a property so you can't just like go on the cover you kind of got to just be on the outskirts of it so fortunately for us nothing runs farther than 50 or 60 yards with a 243 but you don't get any blood <laughs> like, yeah that's it's that's, minimal yeah we, <clears throat> I, it, like i said my my daughters have each killed deer with that gun and it's a good round it just yep. man the blood trails are non-existent yeah we do the we do the high shoulder shot not the high shoulder but high lungs behind the shoulder and Mm -hmm. we're always shooting them at over 100 yards so i think it's kind of like that perfect blend of speed so like an energy so like all energy goes into the deer yeah every time you shoot a deer like with a hot like even with like a 450 if it's like all my buddies who shoot deer like 50 yards anything it just goes through them so fast that there's no energy displacement Mm -hmm. and then you have like no blood i mean yeah I know my, I know Ashley shot her first deer. Uh, she shot it with a 243, perfect shot. Um, and that deer ran like 80 yards maybe. And we saw it like flip over a tree dead, like as it just made it into the cover. Mm-hmm. And I never, we went look for blood, no, no blood, nothing, yeah. you know, but we get up to the deer and there's blood all over where he died. And then we gutted the deer and it's like the trauma oh, <laughs> it yeah. caused inside, yeah. internal trauma was uh-huh. just like, Yep. So yeah, but yeah, be very. I mean, that's good. You know, it depends on where you're hunting, but yep. sweet three old enough. I'm trying the 350 Legend for Henry. Yeah, dude, so that's I a great. That. That's a great mm-hmm. round. Good gun. 180 sure. grain, just a yep. soft point. I figured mm-hmm. so. He's only going to shoot. He, I mean, he shoots so good. I mean, he could probably make a 200 yard shot if he if I crank the scope. I, I don't even have that. I have a one to eight power like first focal point scope. But it's really easy for him to see, and it's got the dots. I guarantee yep. you, if I was like, hey. 195 yards and i just go 
trick click it for him he's got to execute a shot he could yeah, do it but i'm just good. not gonna do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, we're like i told him i was like you know we were gonna see deer but we got to make sure they're at that range and he's like okay yeah. dad so i mean he's he's used to it but yeah that's mm-hmm. it's like seeing a little kid you know shoot this gun he's learned on a 22 he's got the 350 legend in the ar with a suppressor it doesn't make a loud noise he still wears mm-hmm. his headset you oh, know, yeah. or whatever but yep. dude he's so like he's got that trigger figured out like nice young kids you know just squeeze oh, yeah. watch him do his thing it's like oh i'm so yep. jealous <laughs> dude <laughs> like... <laughs> i wish i would have learned how to shoot when i was a kid yes we, dude, we had like smoothboard 12 gauge shotguns with slugs and like knocking you off of buckets yes. trying to shoot it you know mm-hmm. shoot, shoot at milk cartons and stuff and it's like i didn't learn i didn't learn any of that no. yeah no. watching my kids shoot they're they're way better off now than i was at that age yep. i had no clue what i was doing yeah we were just like you know, I was a really big kid. Like I, you know, talk about how I shot my first, you know, I shot a 270 when I was 14 because mm-hmm. I could be 14, but like I learned how to shoot shotguns and 22s before that. Yeah. But man, when you started sighting in a 270 on a bench, even as 14 years old, man, after like the first couple of shots, you're like, dude, this yeah. thing's rocking the crap out of me. Yep. And you just kind of develop some of that, that bad form. And then as I got older and kind of learned a little bit more, I started just getting better triggers, you know, yeah. Oh, and yeah. guns to help mm-hmm. with that offset yep. that a little bit. But yeah, those kids, man. And that's why my sisters and my wife, they're such good shots because yep. they just go up there and just squeeze. And exactly. you tell, you tell them, tell them how to do it and they, you know, yeah. they, they listen and they do it right where, yeah, we, we all didn't learn that. And no, we just blasted. I, <laughs> still, yeah. I still fight it as an adult. You know yep. what I mean? I just still, still mm-hmm. have to fight that urge to, to, jerk that trigger you just want it over you want to hear that boom and get it over your deer Mm -hmm. but no man i think this is a great this is a great episode i love it i always love hearing success stories it's perfect time of year for it so congrats on that buck thank you you, thank uh, you hopefully vital shot keeps putting them down so yeah yeah hopefully i'm sure we will i'm sure i'm sure tomorrow we'll at least get a few more down yep yep Mm mm-hmm so yeah. sweet dude well hey enjoy your trip you know yeah get you too up and do your thing and we'll oh, keep yeah. in touch sounds good so, man all right guys thanks for listening to this episode of the last seven days the fifth week brandon had some dude great rut hunt like you go out of state to witness that and not everyone has you know awesome property in michigan to see what you got to see but hearing that story i think i smiled the whole time just listening to all the rut, rut, rut activity going on or the pre-rut chasing and that kind of stuff so anyone else who got to do that hopefully you guys had a great rut and uh yeah look forward to listening to you or seeing you guys next week thanks brandon thank you